good day to all. Um, today's quote of the day. I'll put it up on the screen here, actually. Fancy, fancy. <clears throat> it's from actually a guy named Mel Siff. And I'll talk about Mel here after we read the quote. To me, the sign of a really excellent routine is one that places great demands on the athlete, yet per that produces um, progress over a long-term improvement without injury or soreness to the athlete. Uh, any fool um, can create, can take, you know, basically any fool can, um, let me get the quote here. Any fool can create a program that is so demanding that it would virtually kill the toughest Marine or the hardest of elite athletes, but not any fool can create a tough program that produces progress without any unnecessary pain. And that is one of my favorite quotes. And if you hear uh, some noise in the background, that's my dog Rommel uh, chewing on his Kong. So that's just kind of the side effects of me doing a show outside. And it's funny, I was I go on a coach's call. I've started going on a coaching call, a coach's call with a, with a guy named Bill Hartman, who Bill is an incredibly smart person and he has shaped my thinking and challenged my thinking and still challenges my thinking on movement and adaptation and fitness. Uh, he's been doing that now for a long time. And, and if you ever check his stuff out, he has a coach's call where he basically gets on a call for an hour and answers questions every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. And if you ever get on one of those calls, just be prepared to, to feel like you're really stupid for a little while. It's gonna take you a while to learn his lingo and his jargon, but he talked about, he brought up super training and Mel Sif. And if you've been in the strength game for a while, um, that is a classic. Uh, don't try and read it. You want to use it more like a reference because it's about as exciting as watching paint dry to read it. Um, but it, it's an incredible reference. And Mel teaches a lot of really good principles. And he was really ahead of his time. Um, he'll teach you the principles. He's not going to write a program out for you, but he'll teach you the way of thinking behind it so you can come up with your, your own program, which is how I like to um, teach people and help people learn is by providing principles and insights. And, you know, Bill did a lot of that for me when I first met him. He was basically like, here's, here's where you're stuck. Here's what you need to do to keep from being more stuck and just add a few things in and think about it from this perspective. And I was able to take this concept that he taught me and apply it really to everything that I've done for gosh, since about 2010. So, um, but the concept behind this is, is really interesting because we have, you know, in this world of social media, like I could take anyone, I don't care who it is. And I could make them stand with two fly swatters and make them hammer their arms up and down as hard as possible for for an hour and and they would be exhausted uh they'd probably have a ton of neck pain uh it would be really hard they'd be really tired but what adaptation are you really trying to accomplish uh i mean obviously if you're trying to get someone to fly uh, maybe that that's a good thing to have people do but a lot of people don't think about what is the actual adaptation that you're trying to drive with your exercise like when I tell people to walk outside three times, 10 minutes a day, I'm raising aerobic capacity. I'm getting them out in the sun. I'm trying to get their circadian rhythm in order. I'm trying to get them vitamin D. I'm trying to get them to relax. I'm trying to get them to breathe through their nose. There's a specific goal there that's going to have a specific outcome. So what you have to ask yourself when you're looking at an exercise program 
is what is the purpose of what I'm doing? And is it going to give me the things I want to do? Because there's a million different exercises out there. There's a million different routines. But are they driving the adaptations that you want? You know, it, it, and one, does it suit your body type? Like swimming is probably not a great training modality for me. One, I have terrible rotation through my 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 thorax and my my cervical spine from years of powerlifting. So I can't turn my head and swim freestyle. Now, if I'm just swimming leisurely, I have like a snorkel mask that I wear. But that's probably not something that's going to be ideal for me to do as part of a, a training regimen, right? And so, so a lot of people will just do activity just for the sake of doing activity. Whereas if you're more targeted with what you're trying to do and what you're trying to develop, like if you're trying to look good and feel good, you walk every day, three times a day, um, you know, you lift weights a couple times a week and maybe you do a couple short interval sessions a week. And that's going to check the boxes for most people. There's no need to like throttle yourself into the ground or anything like that. You're only, and Joel Jameson talks about this a lot, you're only as good as your body's ability to recover. And if you push beyond your limits on a regular basis, um, you're just taking away from your body's ability to recover. And that's why a lot of people don't stick with an exercise routine as they go to a class or something, they get their ass handed to them and they can't walk for four days and they never go back. And here's the thing that's really difficult, especially for coaches today, the level of information because of the internet and because of Instagram, all these advanced things that people are doing and these crazy, you know, all these different athletes, crazy stuff that you're seeing, the level of intensity and the training is going here. The population preparedness is going here, right? So when I was growing up, most kids did manual labor. A lot of kids did farm work. They mowed grass. You could take us in the weight room and do lots of stupid things to us. And we were resilient enough. We had the ability to handle it. You take kids today that have mainly played one sport. They haven't really done any manual labor. Um, you know, I'll take kids that, that are, you know, supposedly great athletes and have them do some really basic calisthenics. And it looks like they, they die. Like they, they literally like fall apart because they haven't moved in different ways. They haven't done the amount of volume of activity that I did as a child or a lot of my friends did as a child, but then they'll get exposed to this, you know, very advanced forms of training that, you know, higher level athletes, if somebody looks at like a college basketball program or a professional basketball program and decides they're going to do that with their 11 year old middle school team, when really all the 11 year old middle school team needs is some general physical preparedness and some basic understanding of how to apply force in the ground. And they get way better. And a lot of them need aerobic work because they've done, so much supervised training that they basically are using this highly adaptive strategy to do things that should be really easy because it's so everything's coached so much. They don't do enough low level aerobic activity that everything they're doing is very high intensity. So they have to bear down on everything that they do instead of being able to relax and flow. And they're, they're usually the resting heart rate is a lot higher. So usually when I work with young kids, we work exclusively on building uh, GPP or, or a base level of fitness so they can handle the more intense stuff. And the other thing people really don't understand is when you first start training, you really don't have to do that much to get better. And just about anything you're going to do 
is going to get you better. But are the activities you're doing just to make you tired? Or are they giving you the foundation that you need to go to the next level of training and then go to the next level of training? And then realizing that once you reach a certain level, maybe all you want to do is maintain that level because every level you go up takes a little bit more intensity to get there. And there's costs on the negative side of things. You know, everybody's always like exercise is positive. It, it is. Don't get me wrong. But there's negatives to depending on what type of adaptations that you're driving. Right. Um, so there's consequences to everything. So if, if you want to be a world class power lifter, you're not going to be a world class mover. Right. And so. You'll have people in powerlifting that are so stiff, they don't move well, they can walk like crap. And then the other end of the spectrum, you've got people on the bendy side of things that become so bendy, they do so much flexibility work or yoga type stuff, they go crazy overboard on that, and they become too pliable, right? Where they have a hard time getting stability because they've, they've basically done some things to their body that just make them, you know, see people that can bend their elbows backwards and bend their knees completely backwards and they're, they're too, they're too wishy gushy. And those people actually, people that I would call hypermobile are actually a lot more difficult and challenging to train than actually really stiff people. Cause stiff people are going to have very, very obvious limitations and they're going to have very obvious compensatory strategies, like things they do to get the movement done that aren't necessarily good in the long run that have consequences. Whereas the people that are super bendy, um, they are there. It's really harder to identify the compensatory strategy or the strategy that they're using that isn't in a normal range of motion. That's basically how I look at it. Right. And so they can cause all sorts of fun things. Um, so with people like that, you're actually focusing on limiting the range of motion into a normal range of motion. Right. And it all comes into context, right? Like, who are we working with? You know, I have a different standard for general population people than I do if I'm working with a high-level elite Olympic athlete type person that is going to have to accept that there's certain things they're going to have to give up in order to achieve uh, the highest levels of success. But what's the bottom line with this stuff? One, you know, if you're working with an athlete or if you're working with a normal person, Let's look for the big rocks first. Let's see the things that they're really, really, really lacking, you know, um, and they might not have to do if I have a power lifter uh, that I'm working with. It might be as simple as adding a few things in after they're done to help them shut off and relax so they're not walking around arched all the time. It might be adding a few single leg exercises in. It might be having them round over a glute ham raise or a stability ball and get some air into their upper back. So they're not walking around arched all the time. And they, they spend so much time with their shoulder blades pulled together that they end up having shoulder elbow pain. So it might be a, something as simple as adding a few things in to give them some enough movement variability. So they don't start having joint issues. Um, and, and the other thing with powerlifters too, is they might have, an inability to get force into the ground and to get air deep into their, into their trunk. For example, one thing Bill helped me with was like getting air and pushing into the back of the belt because most people would push into the front, which drives them into an arch teaching the power lifter to get like, especially on the deadlift to get air all the way down into the canister 
and pushing that air against the back of the belt, which basically keeps your pelvis from really going into a hard interior tilt. And it basically creates the circumferential expansion and you get that pressure deep, deep, deep in your, in your, in your pelvis, which allows you like on the deadlift to really, if you have problems struggling with the deadlift, getting weight off the floor, take a breath in, set your rib cage, get set up, take a breath in deep into your, into your uh, core and create pressure against the back of the belt, deep, deep by your low back. And you'll find, if you, then you load the bar, you'll find when you pull yourself through the floor, it'll come off like a rocket ship. But a lot of guys will lose the ability to get air deep because they're so stuck in this upper chest breathing motion. They can't get air deep down into their trunk and pressure deep down into their trunk. So there's some really simple, simple things I look like if I look at a power lifter. And then, of course, I'm going to look at their sleep and I'm going to look at like, hey, are you at least going outside and walking a little bit? Do you have a little bit of an aerobic base? Because we want to make sure like Louis Simmons was really good about that. He would have his guys drag light sleds on off days to help speed recovery up and and to help basically raise fitness so they were in good enough shape to train. Uh, with the general population, we don't have to get that detailed, but you know, talking instead of just bringing somebody in that's that's that wants to lose body fat, instead of just bringing them in, throwing them on a treadmill and, and jacking it up to to level, you know, level eight and 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 basically running them through this entire circuit. You know, asking questions like, what kind of medications are you on? Do you have a gallbladder? Um, you know, what do you eat? You know, do you what's your sleep like? And so going after all these low-hanging fruit things first instead of just using intensity. And then understanding if somebody hasn't done anything, isn't in very good shape, you know, just walking 10 minutes three times a day is going to make a massive difference for them. It's going to help improve their sleep. It's going to improve all these other things, adding a protein in it every meal. And then starting with circuits, like easy circuits, you know, you're doing carries, maybe you do a bear crawl hold, like a, where you're holding a bear crawl, with the pelvis tucked under, they're reaching through their shoulder blades, they're doing a, a 